It's time to get empowered. Welcome to the Empower Hour. This is empowering. With Jill Anderson. She's like an inspiration. Release your inhibitions. Feel the rain on your skin. No one else can feel it for This is Jill Ann Anderson here with another episode of the Empower Hour. This week, we are on episode number 68. Today, I'm going to be talking about the four life-changing ways to release the shame of addiction. Now, you might be wondering, why is Jill talking about addiction? Well, this has been a very heart-wrenching past couple of weeks for me, and the only way that I can express what has been happening to me this week is I'm going to read you my blog post that went on my website, jillannanderson.com, and it's titled, He Chose the Bottle. Monday, February 6th, 2017, my life was jolted like it's never been jolted before. Here's why. The love of my life asked me for a divorce. You know, my world is still spinning, and I've really only just begun to accept the fact that my marriage is ending. One of the things that comes along with that is that I'm finding that I struggle on a daily basis to maintain my integrity and honor my core values. I'm I'm really and part of the reason is I'm too raw in emotion to enter even begin entering the grieving process. The hardest part is that he's choosing the bottle over me and our family. My husband has two addictions that have affected our marriage, and those are addictions are really the reason our marriage is ending. And I also know that because of what I do for a living and my education background, I know that in our case, divorce isn't the answer. Sobriety is. And I also know that I was working harder on his sobriety than he was. And that doesn't work. He hasn't hit his rock bottom, but I've hit mine. That's why divorce ultimately has to be the answer in this situation. Here's how addiction works, though. My husband is a super smart, loving, talented, successful businessman. And at the same time, his addictive behavior is all about this vicious, awful cycle of betrayal, lies, secrets, fear, hurt, anxiety, depression, and I was part of it all. And, you know, without even really realizing it, I was putting myself in third place. In first place have always been his addictions, and second place is his business. Then comes me in the family. And there I was living it. I saw it right there in front of me. To be honest with you, though, I couldn't find the courage to begin to put myself first. I was living a life frozen in fear. Now, one thing about addiction is that despite the fact that I feel he chose the bottle over me, I know that I am still loved by my husband. 
I lived in a relationship for nine years where I was never first. It took him asking me for a divorce to force me to hit my rock bottom. And I tell you what that has me doing, has me face down in the dirt, rolling around in shame, guilt, and feelings of never being good enough. But here's what rock bottom does. It means that now I get to put myself first. I must be brave and create healthy boundaries instead of living in unhealthy marriage. I get to choose. I get to choose the life that I want. Super scary. But I know this is going to take time. And I'm honest with myself. I can't force anyone to recognize their disease, nor can I force anyone to wrap their arms around a life of recovery. What I can choose to do is learn, grow, and be brave. Placing myself first and recognizing that I am more important than the bottle. Just doing that is the first baby step toward my own recovery. I love this quote by Brene Brown. She says, The irony is that we attempt to disown our difficult stories to appear more whole or more acceptable. But our wholeness, even our wholeheartedness, actually depends on the integration of all of our experiences including the falls. Moving forward, I'm going to continue to reckon with my emotions and be totally curious about all the feelings that I'm feeling. I'm going to rumble around in the dirt for a while with my story until I can find the truth and stand up and, and, and clean myself off. I'm going to live in this process every single day until it becomes a practice and creates nothing short of a revolution in my life, I will learn more about who I am. I will rise strong. And as I rise strong, one of the things that I know is addiction and living with somebody who is in addiction, you're filled with guilt and shame. Do you tend to feel more guilt or shame when you feel you have done something wrong? I'm referring to Brene Brown's book here in this podcast. The particular book I'm referring to is I Thought It Was Just Me by Brene Brown. And the book talks about shame and how it affects our lives. And because of my situation, I found her section about addiction particularly interesting. You know, with all we feel, we do feel at some point shame in our lives. As human beings, we have this tendency to respond with either shame or guilt in any given situation. And I don't know about you, but shame and guilt makes us feel humiliated and uncomfortable because of something we did wrong. 
And what happens is we lose our self-respect. And I know I feel completely mortified and embarrassed. That's why this podcast and blog post was so difficult, because I was feeling so much shame and guilt. And then what happens when we do that is we want to pull back and we just want to be alone. Addiction and shame go hand in hand. In fact, it's hard to understand where one starts and the other ends. Addiction leaves us feeling powerless, isolated, and unworthy. And this is whether we're the addicted person or the family member. Here's the other thing. There's this really huge, strong sense of secrecy and silence about addiction. And that's one of the things that caused me so much shame and guilt. I didn't tell anybody. It was our secret. And quite frankly, it's something that is easier to hide and just not talk about, but not for the long term. When we focus and feel guilt, we tell ourselves, I did something bad. Guilt is all about our behavior, and we focus on the behavior in question. For example, so if we miss work because we stayed out late drinking, or we miss events because your spouse was drinking, um, we start thinking about all of the things that could happen or all of the things that are responsive because of our decisions. We would problem solve, make corrections of being more responsible, make empty promises to ourselves. Oh, I'm not going to let this happen ever again. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I told my husband, I'm done. I'm done. I'm sick of living like this. Shame, on the other hand, is I am bad. When we feel shame, it's about who we are. And we tell ourselves that we are a bad person because of what we've done. So in the example I just used, if we missed work because of a night of drinking, we get overwhelmed, are unable to problem solve, and then we can't make plans to move forward and do things differently. Like I told you, same thing goes with when you live with somebody who has addictions. You become frozen. You get stuck. And when you get stuck, you get disconnected and you cannot move forward. And then everybody just keeps spinning in the cycle of dysfunction and addiction behavior. We just continue to repeat all of those behaviors to basically relieve our shame. Shame forces us to put so much value on what other people think that we lose ourselves in the process of trying to meet everyone else's expectations. We begin to think of ourselves as defective. We feel flawed and unworthy of acceptance or belonging. Brene Brown explains it this way. She says, shame is like a prison but a prison that you deserve to be in because something is wrong with you. People that are more prone to feel shame rather than guilt actually have a higher risk for addiction. Then, when we are addicted, we feel shame about our addiction. It's a vicious cycle and one that is tough to change, but not 
impossible. As we know, there are many, many people who have recovered from addiction and gone on to live healthy, rewarding lives. How many family members do you have or friends that are often negatively affected by the addiction of a family member? Here's what happens. They believe it's up to them to keep the family running smoothly. And that just really makes matters worse. Take it from me. That was my life. The resulting family behavior of trying to make everything better actually may be as harmful as the original problem of addiction the family was trying to correct. That's why it's so important to get help. Get help outside of your family. Look up a therapist. Go talk to somebody in a recovery center and ask for help. Go to a a 12-step group or an Al-Anon group. Especially when, when a family member is in the midst of addiction. People who tend to feel the emotion of shame can change and learn that the healthier emotion, okay, so they'll, they'll learn healthier emotions, and the healthier emotion is guilt instead of shame. So I promised four life-changing ways to release the shame, and I'm going to cover those right now. The first one is courage. Now, courage is really super hard. Believe me, I lived with my husband's addiction for nine years, and I was frozen in fear. Courage, though, is there's really no more powerful relationship than the one that exists between fear and shame. Shame leads to fear, and fear leads to shame. What happens is we then we're caught up in this cycle and we fear disconnection. And that causes us to be afraid of many, many things. It takes courage to do what I'm doing right now to tell you all about our addiction story and everything that I've gone through. But by doing and sharing this story, it brings me closer to letting go of the shame and really, truly begin to reconnecting with other people. Now, the second thing you can do to release the shame of addiction is connection. You know, we isolate. We don't want people to know our story. And here's how we heal. We heal through our connection with others. So when we can involve other people that are in similar situations, all that does is allow us to support each other, to learn from each other. With connection, we begin to develop a social network. And then what happens is even totally that much more awesome. We gain power. When we come across others in the same situation, we begin to move from being disconnected to being connected to others. Here's the third step, compassion. This is a necessary part of feeling empathy. We are willing to hear someone else's pain. We don't have to be born compassionate. We can learn and be committed to the idea of being understanding and loving to others. 
we we learn through compassion to separate the being from the behavior. We can feel compassion for someone else's story if we have accepted our story with all of its flaws. Compassion is not about healing the other person. Compassion is all about two similar people listening to each other. And now the fourth and final thing you can do to release the shame of addiction, empathy. Here's what it means. Empathy means responding to others in a meaningful and caring way. And that, my friends, is the strongest remedy for shame. Being empathetic allows us to use our own experiences to connect with a story that someone is sharing with us and to be able to see, hear, and feel another person's situation. When we understand, share the feelings of others, or put ourselves in someone else's shoes, we connect at such a deeper level. People who are able to resist feeling shame can both give and receive empathy. Brene Brown says the bottom line is that empathy is essential for building meaningful and trusting relationships, which is something we all want and need. So how do you think we can connect? How do you think we can have courage together treat each other in compassion and empathy so we together can release the shame of addiction. I'd love to get your comments. You can can comment with me on Facebook, Twitter. You can even send me an email, jill at jillannanderson.com. I want to thank you for listening to my story. And if you are experiencing addiction, or if you are in a relationship with someone who is experiencing addiction, I would love to connect with you. Send me an email. Call my office. Send me a message on Facebook. All I ask is that you connect. Let's work through the healing process together. Now, go take action so you can live better, work better, and live your best life.